0: join us in the studio with Michael Card. I'm Wayne Shepard, and this week we have another program outlined that we feel will be very helpful to you. Mike, good to see you.
1: Nice to be back. Nice to see you too. Up here uh, in
0: Chicago. I, I'm grateful for listeners who tell other listeners or potential listeners about yeah. this podcast, and, and one way to do that, if you're on Twitter, is follow Michael Card and then, as uh, Lauren posts the uh, announcements about the show being released, just retweet that.
1: Yeah, and it really is the the principal way the program is going to grow mm-hmm. is word of mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and we'd love to hear from you.
0: Yes, tell us what uh, what you enjoy most about the program. As Mike always says, uh, send us your suggestions too.
1: Yeah, if if there's a, a topic you want us to try to look into, especially that would that's always helpful. Yeah.
0: We're going to meet uh, one of our team members here today in a few moments, Lauren Kosky, who does that uh, Twitter account and Facebook and all the social media that yeah. we do. So,
1: Yeah, it's going to be great to hear her talk about a
0: redemptive use of social media. Yes, right. Yeah. We're also going to hear your teaching, uh, part one of Job, part of the Lament Conference mm-hmm. that you do. That'll be a part of our program today. And then later, our friend Bob Baki will join us.
1: Yeah, uh, always great to talk to Bob, and we're going to uh, start preparing our hearts for the National Day of Prayer.
0: So as we get into your teaching on lament here, Job Part 1, you want to sing how long for us? And sure. Tell us where this comes from in Scripture. Well,
1: it, it, it comes from Psalm 13, but this sort of plea of how long, you, you see it all through the lament literature. It's in Psalm, the last third of uh, Psalm 89 starts with, you know, how long. And, um, you know, as the lamenter is struggling with the fact that God just seems to be absent and uh, what I like to tell people is, uh, in anything you need to say to God, you can say to God. And if you it. don't have the words, He'll give you the words. Mm-hmm. And I think "How Long" is one of those uh, heart cries that a lot of us feel.
0: All right, let's get started, Michael Card, with "How Long." <laughs>
2: we Mom- Sing for what I'm hoping
1: Bible student, I didn't know that there was even a group of writings called the Wisdom Writings. I was about 17, 16, 17 years old. Of course, when you're 17 years old, you want to be wise, right? Mostly because you hope that the girls really dig that. You know, 17, everything's about attracting girls, right? So I started working through the wisdom literature. I was going to be wise. And the more I read, honestly, the more I discovered the Wisdom Writings aren't about wisdom. The wisdom writings are uh, Job, Proverbs, Psalms, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. Job, the first one, and we're going we're gonna to see. Job's not about wisdom. Job's about the fact that nobody really has the answers to the most important questions. We saw ye- uh, last night that most of the Psalms, uh, numerically, I think 100, 120 of them or something, have some element of lament where the lamenter is saying he doesn't understand what God is doing. Uh, how about Ecclesiastes? Ecclesiastes okay? We're all pointy-headed fundamentalists. You really believe that Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes? I do. He was the smartest man in the world, the smartest person who ever existed. And what did he say about wisdom? Vanity, okay? So it's kind of discouraging, right? How about Song of Solomon? Song of Solomon says there's something completely better than wisdom, love, right? Romantic love. Now, I will grant you that there's proverbial wisdom and, Sol- and Proverbs, right? Pay your debts, that sort of thing. Stay away from loose women. But um, the 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 vast majority of the wisdom writings are talking about the fact that the that wisdom is human wisdom is inadequate, it's insufficient. Okay, so that was that was a first sort of um, wake up call. And and let's look at Job, which um, but he, he spells this out. Almost any kind of suffering you can imagine happened to Job. I mean, he suffered depression. He had some kind of wasting disease, right? His skin is basically falling off. Maybe it was like cancer. Maybe it was like AIDS. I don't know. He experienced terrorism. The, uh, the Chaldeans uh, and Sabaeans come and steal all of his camels and all of his stuff. He experienced financial ruin. And worst of all, he, spe- he experienced the death of all of his children. I mean a wind blows from four directions at the same time and collapses the house that they're all celebrating in. So Job is is a person who's who's very qualified um to to, to to talk about suffering and to talk about uh the inadequacy of wisdom. Um when when the last messenger comes to tell him his children have died, uh what does Job do? He falls down and he worships. Why? Because that's the language of the wilderness. So uh, Job begins his, uh, his, the book begins, he's very much a man of Torah obedience. He, he is a perfect exemplar of this journey. He offers sacrifices for sins his, his children might have committed. See, I don't know, maybe they did something wrong during one of their parties, so I'm going to offer sacrifice just to make sure it's atoned for. And in the first chapter of the book, it had always worked for him. He's been blessed. I mean, the, the equation, he, he was the man of the equation. His, he was obedient, and he was blessed. He was the richest man in the world. So not, not too bad. But then in chapter 2, uh, it all goes sideways. And, um, and he begins this uh, remarkable journey uh, through the wilderness. Another word for this intimacy is, the, is intimacy is presence. Job is very much about a book about the presence of God. And the absence of God. Most of his lamenting has to do with the fact that God seems absent. The real miracle of the Book of Job is the movement of God. In chapter one, he's in heaven. In chapter 42, he shows up. He is present. The answer to a lament is, is never an answer. It's not provision. The answer is always God showing up. That's the, always the answer. I had a good friend in uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. I was a pastor. I, I worked in Romania with his son, uh, but this pastor who was, uh, I actually don't know if he's still living or not, I think he passed away, uh, he was, uh, his name was Alec Woodhull. Alec, uh, sometime in, in the 1980s, was T-boned by a drunk driver and paralyzed from the, neck down, from the neck down. Great preacher, great Bible teacher, I mean his congregation absolutely loved him. And uh, he was uh, in, in the hospital and the prognosis was he was never going to... I'm not going to say walk. He was going to do anything again. I mean, from the neck down, he was paralyzed. <clears throat> well, he's he's in a suspension bed that they can rotate him, right? And uh, at this point, he was facing down downwards, just looking at the floor. And a, a, something came, a, a presence came into the room. It was so real and so palpable. He thought it was the nurse. I mean, just someone came in the room. And, uh, and he wanted to drink water. So he's talking down to the floor, you know, hello, could I please have some water? And no answer. And he said, "Uh, I realized, I know how wacky this sounds to you. I mean, he's a Presbyterian. Stuff like this doesn't happen to Presbyterians. (laughs) But he said, I realized it was the presence of Jesus. It was just that real. I mean, I had been praying for his presence, and he showed up. He said, I don't know if it was five minutes or five hours, because that's what it's like when you're in the presence of God. Time thins out. Which, you know, eternity or eternity really isn't time going on and on and on. Eternity is no time. Heaven is no time. It's not a sitting on a cloud for thousands and thousands and thousands of years playing harps. I mean, that wouldn't be heaven in my opinion. That would be another version of hell, actually. <laughs> heaven is when time goes away. And, you know, those best, those great moments kind of where your eyes fill with tear and you're fully present. You're fully present in the sacrament of the present moment. That's what heaven's going to be. And so he was having that sort of an experience, aware, aware that he was in the presence of God. So, of course, God is always present. I, I can hear you thinking, so I, I, I heard that thought, okay? Uh, but it sometimes is a, the immediacy of his presence is more palpable, right? It's more real. So after a period of time, the, real, the, 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 the reality of that presence began to fade, and he, he heard himself, he had been lamenting and sort of angry at God, how did you could let this happen to me? And as that the immediacy of that presence was leaving, he said, then I started to lament. And I, he said, I heard myself cry out to God, you don't have to heal me, just don't leave me. And Alex said, what I realized was, uh, what I need more than God's provision, because we all need His provision, the next beat of your heart is provision from God's hand. He could take that away and you'll drop like a hammer. But He said, I, don't need his, I, don't, I didn't want his provision. I wanted his presence. And I think that, that is really what the book of Job is all about. All of God's provision is taken away from Job. Everything that a person can lose, he lost. Everything, right? But in the process, what Job realizes is what uh, Asaph realized in Psalm 73. Who do I have in heaven but you? Right you hold me by my right hand, I desire nothing on earth besides you remember psalm seventy three was a was a sort of a in miniature was this journey from Torah obedience to intimacy so that that is uh, affirmed, and we we see that repeated uh in in job. My note says, so the central problem of the book of Job is not really about the problem of sin you'll read books that say job is really about they call it the theodicy question. theodicy is a big word for. If God's a good God, then why, do good, then why do people suffer? Why is there suffering in the world? Why do good people suffer? That's the theodicy question. And it may kind of be about the theodicy question, but it doesn't answer that question. It's not really about the problem of sin. The book of Job is about the problem of God. God's the problem. Because Job is suffering, and God is absent. And he has, uh, he has every right to lament the way he does. Okay, so that's one of our categories. Uh, Hesed is one of our categories, and it appears in the book of Job three times, the, the word Hesed does. And, uh, and here are the references. 6.14 is one. A despairing man should receive Hesed from his friends. So he's, he's looking at his three friends, and they're just giving him advice. The first week they sat and wept with him, that was really good, right? It's when they started opening their mouths that it all went sideways. Um. So Job, uh, who he actually at one point sees his friends as uh, in league with Satan, because what is Satan doing? Satan's accusing him. What are his friends doing? They're accusing him. So he, at one point he realizes that they're kind of on the devil's side. So in six fourteen he says a despairing man should receive hessed from his friends. In ten twelve, I think he's talking to God. You gave life and hessed, and your care has guarded my life. Uh, and that's the passage where he talks about the fact I was woven together in my mother's womb. You know, you saw me from the very beginning. That's chapter, chapter 10. In 3713, good old Elihu, the person we hope for so much from, right? Young guy just out of seminary, has all the answers, right? Elihu says, uh, he, that's God, God causes this to happen for punishment, uh, for his land or for his hesed, um, he's talking about the whirlwind, the wind, the windstorm. So Elihu is basically saying, you, Job, you got what you deserve. See this windstorm that blew, kill all these kids? God does that to bad people. That's Elihu's point of view. So those are, uh, those are the three occurrences of hesed, the, the word hesed, but the, the idea of hesed is all, all through it. Remember the, the vav adversative, the big word for just the line that turns around? That happens in um, chapter 42, 1 through 6. And that's when Job says, my ears had heard about you, but now my eyes see you. That's where the turn happens. So that's, uh, that's in chapter 42. You have to wait 42 chapters. Remember I said in the Psalms that the turn, the turn may be in verse 3, it may be in verse 100. There's no formula for it. And the only, the only lament that doesn't turn is Psalm 88. There's no turnaround in that. Uh, Job 42.7, uh, I am incensed at you and your two friends, for they have not spoken the truth about me as my servant Job did. That's God. They sit in a circle around a heap of ashes upon which their friend Job is sprawled. They had been silently weeping together for a solid week. Occasionally, Job's mind would wander out of the wilderness of his suffering. He would mutter, why, why, why? Altogether, his friends somehow sensed that it was time to do something else besides weep, anything else. It was Eliphaz, the eldest friends from Timnah, uh, a town well-known as a seat of the wisdom school, who spoke first. Job was startled by the sound of a human voice after so much silence. He opened his swollen eyes, gazing intently into the Tiamites' direction. Inwardly, he'd been hoping all along that one of them might say something, some comforting words of understanding. One of the most helpful pictures in the book of Job is the image of the lamenter who attempts to reach out to God but cannot get past the protests of his well-meaning friends. When you read the book with this perspective, it takes on a whole new meaning.
2: And upright, a fearer of God, a man truly righteous, no pious facade, one about whom God was accustomed to boast, and so one whom Satan desired the most. One day the accuser came breathing out lies. It's your holy handouts His faithfulness buys So in one desperate day His possessions were lost His children all killed in one raw holocaust His children all killed in one raw holocaust And yet through it all, through the tears and pain he worshipped his God, found no reason to blame. Once more the deceiver denounced and decried the skin for skin and hide for hide Strike down his flesh and he'll surely deny And confess that his praying has all been a lie will take him the holy one's side but you must spare his life oh my son shall not die so Job was afflicted with terrible sores sat down in the ashes to wait for the Lord sat down in the ashes to wait for the Lord and yet all through the tears and pain He worshipped his God Found no reason to blame
0: All right, thank you, Michael. And thank you, Katie, who's playing, what yes. is it called? It's a Boron, the, Irish drum. The percussion there. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Hey, we want everyone to meet a member of our team
1: here. Yes. That has never been on this podcast before. No, but she's been overseeing it for a long time. Right. And I'm anxious for her to uh, to talk to us because I'm leaning towards being negative about social media. <laughs> and Lauren can talk to us about uh, how we can redemptively engage and, and use it for the church. Excellent. And, and so who better but Lauren Kosky
0: to Hello. talk to us. Welcome into the podcast, Lauren.
3: <laughs> Thanks. You
0: just brought the median eight. Wait a minute. Maybe the median age didn't change that much because we are so old that we she, talk yeah. about yeah <laughs> speak for yourself pal. <laughs> no, we're thankful for uh, for what you're doing, Lauren. Yeah, first great. of all, well, let's start you. out by talking about what you do uh, with Michael yeah. on the podcast
3: so um, I oversee social media for Michael more specifically with the in the studio podcast. Um, been doing it for a couple months now. Mm-hmm. So, just getting the word out about the podcast, the guests on Twitter and Facebook, um, engaging with the audience, their questions, and keeping track of, you know, what people are interested in, Mm -hmm. what people like, and Mm -hmm. just engaging with them, making them feel connected.
1: This is the future, Michael. How did you get into doing social media?
3: Well, not necessarily something I sought out too Mm. much, um, but social media is kind of a tool where all other, you know, art content media kind of flows through if you're talking about photography, video, graphic design, all of those you really connect. So when I was in school, I kind of saw myself as kind of the craftsman, like I was a little bit good at this here, there. And so social media was a way of me kind of tying it all in together and being able to, you know, use that to communicate for brands, um, ministries, yeah. things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really versatile. And um, I was actually working for a newspaper, um, our school's newspaper at my university, and I was helping them with some videos, some man-on-the-street type interview stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. And what you do here, I mean, you're also, you're also volunteering at your church. Tell us how it's working, mm-hmm. how a church is utilizing social media. You, you have a great yeah. case example here.
3: Yeah, so in Kansas City, the church I go to, um, it is a, it's a startup church plant, and so um, we don't have a building yet, but it's been there for about three years, and they have had a huge increase of uh, membership from people finding out about the church through Instagram and Facebook, um, sharing visual content. Um, as a team, we're able to make video, photo, take photo from service. um graphic design, uh, um, things like that, to just kind of draw people in and really help them see what the church would be like without actually having to go there, mm-hmm. which can sound kind of negative, but it's a way to really draw people in who might be yeah, hesitant. They feel comfortable.
0: If it's mysterious to them, mm-hmm. they get their answers on social media, and then that attracts yeah. them to the church. And yeah. it's working?
3: Uh, yeah. From what we see, it's um, Google reviews and Instagram have been the number one way people who didn't really have a personal invitation or connection from the church to be able to just come into the church without really knowing anyone.
1: Hmm. So do you broadcast your services then?
3: Um we don't. We mm-hmm. do not live stream.
1: Cuz the church that I go to and and and, I, and I'm still don't know how I feel about this, mm-hmm. but um it on it'll be online the the service mm-hmm. will, you know, I don't think they live stream it. But a few a few minutes after the first service, it's online, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been good for me because if when I'm on the road, I can yeah. still. Go to church or at least see what the content of well, the well. You can imagine right.
0: people who are a little hesitant to go to a church that they may be unfamiliar with, or they don't really mm-hmm. know what people at church do. Yeah, check it out online first. You know, and they they see all the posts on Instagram
1: and so on, but that attracts them into into
0: and, the mm-hmm. fellowship. And
1: if the content is right, then it's going to draw them to the actual yeah. church. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and
3: go deeper into and yeah. get connected in the community. Content's really
0: important, isn't it, Lauren?
3: Yes, I agree with you. All. You want
0: to be discriminating in what you post, right? Because you want to attract people. I, I get that. Hey, let's come back and talk about this program in Michael's ministry.
2: Yeah. Okay. Uh,
0: I know you've got some reaction from people who are listening oh, to yeah. the podcast. And by the way, it, it helps us so much when our listeners leave reviews yeah. of yeah. this podcast. W- what happens when someone reviews the podcast on iTunes, for instance?
3: So with iTunes, you can um, go to In the Studio with Michael Card on the iTunes store. And then from there, you can give us a rating, um, what you think up to five stars. And um, with that, you can choose to leave a comment. So when you listen to the podcast, you know, if it's part of a routine, you know how it's affected your life, your day-to-day life, what you've learned, what you like about it. And um, from that, it improves search results and helps other people know about it more easily. And
0: that really is important to get your, when you go searching for Michael Card to see the podcast listed high on the list yeah. is very helpful to us, isn't it?
3: Yes, yeah. I mean, y- you will see it regardless, but um, having that kind of credibility with that, seeing, oh, this so ma- these so many people, you know, left reviews, uh-huh. it it helps verify things for people, I think.
0: Any examples of what people are saying about us? Should, Just, are, do yeah. we dare yeah. ask, Michael? Any, any good examples <laughs> yeah. of that?
3: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are plenty, yeah. so um, I can read... He, this is even just the most recent one. Um, it says, each morning I take you on my three-mile walk. I am taught, I am refreshed, scripture and song wash over me. Thank you for the richness of each podcast.
1: Wow. Hmm.
0: Wow, that's nice. Very nice. Yeah. Thank you for doing yeah. that. Now, Lauren, this is your first time to be in a session with us to see yeah. what you know, what goes on behind the scenes here, so to speak. But what just, uh, you know, you could be kind to, to old Michael here and old Wayne, but just, <laughs> Michael's <laughs> frowning at me right now. But just give me some of your impressions about what you've seen and heard while you've been here.
3: Yeah, um, definitely uh, just a joy for the Lord and the scriptures and excitement about learning more. Um, that's something in what what season I'm in right now is I'm just trying to absorb all the wisdom I can mm. at the moment. And so um, it's mm. just a wealth of knowledge and the guests we have and um, building community through these topics of um, and that's the nice thing about podcasts is we're able to find that niche kind mm-hmm. of in our interest and really inspire one another through that creativity and community and so um, it's just been inspiring to see like how we can learn from each other yeah. in those ways.
1: So I've never thought of that. So the people who listen to the podcast are in a sense a community.
3: Yeah. It can be, Uh for sure. Um, Like-minded people, um, similar interests, and with podcasts, you can really dive into that um, at Mm. your leisure. Mm. You um, can take it with you whenever you go and listen to it whenever you want. And um, having social media um, readily available to you as well, you're able to engage with um, like-minded people in your community Mm -hmm. um, at a really fast rate
1: and if you want to go deeper there are all kinds of links that you can follow yes. right and that's yes. what, that's one of the things you do
3: yeah so if you go to our facebook or twitter page um, there will be several postings a week with photos mm-hmm. um, with links from the guests their websites resources you can find um, through facebook and twitter if you go to facebook and like our page you'll be able to see those in your feed mm-hmm. um, so that's another resource
0: lauren you're a very important part of this team we're thankful that you're doing yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, you know, no, I'm, and understand, I'm to be here. You know, I, I kind of fumble around with social media, but you really seem to know uh, there's a strategy that's needed behind it, and you, you know true. how to get there. So yeah, thanks for your contribution here.
3: Oh, well, thank you all. Yeah, appreciate it.
0: <laughs> and thanks to Lauren's efforts. We have an updated website now. You'll want to visit michaelcard.com and see the new look, where you'll find easy access to all that's going on with Michael's ministry. And be sure to check out the many ways to share what you enjoy. Again, MichaelCard.com. Coming up, Dr. Bob Bakke in the studio with Michael Card. Next week, join us for a classic in the studio with Michael Card. We'll open the archive and hear Dr. George Guthrie teach on the book of 2 Corinthians and the major themes found in this pivotal New Testament book. Then, singer-songwriter Wes King stops by the Molin studio with guitar in hand to talk about God's faithfulness in his battle with cancer. All the ingredients for a true classic. Watch for the post and share this podcast link with a friend. Hear the program and get subscription details at michaelcard.com. Like we're coming up on the National Day of Prayer soon. We'll talk to Dr. Bob Bocke about it in just a moment. I remember being a baby broadcaster, <laughs> and I was on Capitol Hill for some reason. I think I was yeah. working with Josh McDowell at the
1: time, and uh-huh. uh,
0: I walked into this prayer meeting in the Cannon House Office Building. That was my first exposure to the National Day of Prayer. Wow!
1: And they were having an event for yeah, the National Day on, of Prayer on the there. National Day of Prayer. Wow! I didn't know anything about it until that day. Well, I got I got drawn into the National Day of Prayer. They asked me to write a song. Um, I remember I, that well. I, it was some in the early 90s. I don't remember the exact date. Shirley Dobson was the chairman of that. That's right. Time. And she's, she's the one that, that uh, asked. And, you know, I was glad to, to so help So we're going to hear, heal our land. Yeah. And, and it comes from uh, 2 Chronicles seven fourteen, 14. Uh, and my people who bear my name, if they humble themselves, pray, and seek my face and turn from their evil ways, then I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. My eyes will now be open, my ears attentive to prayer from this place. Yeah.
2: Blessings of the land we love are really gifts from you.
0: that you wrote and performed that for the National Day of Prayer.
1: My right, friend. right. The only song I've ever written for a committee of people. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has endured, believe me. Uh, <laughs> Come heal our land. Mm.
4: Dr.
0: Bob Bakke is with us, speaking of uh, healing our land and prayer. Dr. Bob is uh, very often connected with the National Day of Prayer. He's a pastor in Minnesota Hillside Church, but
1: joins us now. And a good friend. And a good friend for a long time. Yep. Welcome back, Bob.
4: Well, great to be with you. Yeah. And, I, you know, it, it just brings back so many memories, that song that we were just listening to, because um, I think in 1994 at Moody Church, the, the first national television broadcast uh, we we did on the National Day of Prayer, I invited you, you sang that song, mm-hmm. and that was the start of, of 10 consecutive years of uh, National Day of Prayer simulcast, mm-hmm. so brings back a lot of memories. Yeah. Really cool.
1: And you're organizing, helping to organize the one in D.C. this year. You're you're out of D.C. this year.
4: Uh, that's right. Uh, of course, I, uh, I'm in Minnesota. I pastor a church in Minnesota, uh-huh. and, and I'm still involved in in uh, mobilizing movements of the United Prayer uh, domestically and internationally. But helping, coming alongside of Ronnie Floyd, who perhaps doesn't need the help, but uh, but he's asked me to help him. Mm-hmm. To uh, produce this broadcast out of the out of Statuary Hall in the U.S. Capitol on that evening, we did it last year, um, and Graham Watts did it the year before as well. Yeah, um, but it seems to be a new pattern in the in the uh, uh, observance, the national observance. As national you know,
0: paper. I was in Statuary Hall with you last year, Bob, and it was a tremendous experience. Mm-hmm. It really was. Uh,
4: has... Well, it, it, it's great to have to, to do ministry with friends. I mean, it's, it's the best thing in the world. Mm-hmm. So, thank you, Wayne.
1: I'm wondering if there's ever been a time when we've needed this National Day of Prayer more.
4: Well, I, boy, I'm, I'm hard pressed to find it. Um, I mean, at least in our lifetime. Yeah, uh, Michael, uh, you know we've. I, 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 yeah, I'll reveal my my age on this, but I graduated high school in 1968, 1968, 1969, 1970. Um, there have been there have been documentaries done about the the uh, really difficult days in the late 60s with the the watts riots mm-hmm. the, uh, the the assassination of of, of uh, Bobby Kennedy and Mark, Martin Luther King jr yeah yep. uh, the, the the political up, uh, upheaval so perhaps perhaps uh that era uh, trumps ours if i if I'm um, uh, no pun intended yeah but, mm-hmm um but it, it there, there just seems to be another turning of the a, of the a culture in a, in a dark way that really needs the touch of God
1: yeah hate hatred just seems to be ingrained in a way that I you know I don't remember I'm 61 and I, right. I remember I remember thinking when when uh King and and Bobby Kennedy and and uh John F. Kennedy. I remember thinking as a little kid, they're going to shoot everybody. And just as a, I couldn't understand why all these. I spent so much time in front of the TV watching funerals uh, right. and, and seeing things like that happen. But 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 again, I I think there's this sort of this ingrained national, uh, I don't know, hatred that I, I I just don't remember. I'm sure it's it's been as bad, you know, in in. In history, but boy, for in, in my lifetime, I can't remember it being as dark as it is now.
4: Well, love one another is the theme, yeah, and we're really serious about it, uh, and we sh- we we have to be because Jesus was, mm-hmm. and that's what we're called to do uh, John chapter thir- thirteen.
1: I looked at that four. verse before knowing that we were going to talk about it in John thirteen thirty four uh-huh. and thirty five, and what I saw was that. In the course of two verses, Jesus repeats himself three times. He says, "Love one another" three times. So, uh, pretty significant, pretty important. So, how do we explore doing that? And does it always begin with prayer?
4: Well, I think I think truly, uh, and just go back to your point about Jesus repeating himself. When you're this uh, in the Semitic uh, cultures. They didn't have exclamation points in their literature.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: What they did was they, they repeated something. Ah. So when we when we call God holy, 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 mm-hmm. uh, they're not just it's not such a broken record or something. It, it, it's actually emphasizing uh, the point of His holiness. There's nothing as holy as God mm-hmm. because it's uh, repeated three times, and it goes to the point of John 13 as well. Uh, this love of God, this uh, transcendent uh, agape love of God, which which intends to bless regardless of of how it is injured, the lover is injured or or mm. oppressed uh, or hated. We're going to bless anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what Jesus did. That's what the cross was all about. And so we have to come to our day uh, with the blaring headlines of our hour, with the. Uh, with the political uh, divide that uh, we look uh, at our, within our culture, the uh, the tense racial uh, 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 fires that are being inflamed, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the, the, these, this hate speech that everyone calls it hate speech, it is it is hate speech, of course. But the only thing that's going to break through this is the love of God by by the power of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm.
0: and that means us, right? we need to and be part the, of that yeah
1: and my
4: and, my uh, and, and to work that out it's you know it's, it's hard work it's not just a matter of uh, of prayer it starts there because we have to acknowledge the love of god for us yeah. we have to we have to uh, be conformed to his image and one of the things that happens in prayer uh, it's you know like like a computer syncing up into um and, uh, into the cloud mm-hmm. uh, where my files and in, in have you know in the cloud are Downloaded into mine are and are the two are synced. When we when we go go before the Lord in prayer, whether it's individually or corporately, um, we're online and even as we're uploading our cries to God, He's downloading the character of Christ into us. Mm. This is not a monologue mm-hmm. that we that we speak to heaven. Mm. This is a dialogue. This is a transaction that's happening between heaven and earth, as well as the overflow into the blessing of the earth.
1: Mm. Well, and and uh, Bill Lane used to say nothing happens without prayer, and I think of the Gospel of Luke where um, before Jesus does anything, he prays. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he right. he lives out that pattern for us, especially in Luke.
4: Well, if you go through the Book of Luke, uh, not only is is prayer prominent uh, in the life of Jesus. In fact, all of great uh, all of Jesus's greatest miracles were were preceded yes. um, by prayer. Yeah. The, the resurrection of Lazarus, the choosing of the Twelve. He, pra- he prayed all night before yeah. he chose the Twelve, Luke chapter 6. Uh, I mean, you go on and on. He pra- the entire uh, event on the cross, the, the entire crucifixion was a prayer meeting from beginning an- to yeah. end. The first words out of his mouth, yeah. Forgive them at the height of his agony. Eloi, Eloi, lama sakvathinae. And then Father it is it is finished into our hands, I commend my spirit. so the entirety of the cross was a was a prayer meeting interrupted occasionally by by the, by a conversation with other people.
1: yeah, I think Luke's the only person that tells us even the Transfiguration as he was praying
4: as he was praying he, right. yeah,
1: so even that was um, involved with prayer
4: baptism as well as he was praying, heaven opened yeah the Holy Spirit descended yeah. the voice of God identified him. Oh, yes. But United Prayer, uh, I mean, uh, Pentecost, starting with Pentecost, but not just starting with Pentecost, even in the Old Testament, the revivals in the Old Testament. Pentecost, of course, it's a New Testament launch uh, with regard to the church age, and uh, God has been answering United Prayer ever since. And this goes to the heart of of the theology of the church, uh, that they're in this united Mind in one accord of the of the body of Christ, there is extraordinary power and grace, and uh, all of these uh, occasions across history that we we have seen God move powerfully and and, and we need it so desperately today. Uh, th- those days are preceded by such united cries.
1: Now, when you start um, uh, the the National Day of Prayer from from D.C. What is your program of prayer? I mean, what specific, you know, step-by-step things are you going to be uh, petitioning God for?
4: Well, there are. Um, it, it's it's a two-hour broadcast in the evening, starting at at uh, seven p.m. Eastern time, so six p.m. Central, and so on. Um, we uh, the Brooklyn Tabernacle Singers mm-hmm. are going to be our our worship uh, leaders of the evening. Uh, the The Prestonwood um, Baptist Church choir will also or, or singers they they will also be with us. Not their whole choir. I mean, Brooklyn Tab is you know two or three hundred people. And, wow! Uh, I think uh, the the Prestonwood choir is like four or five hundred people. So of course <laughs> they, they can't all come, but there's there's portions of them that will be there. And of course, anyone who is with who has worshipped with the Brooklyn Tab knows, yeah, just how remarkable they are. And they they Completely change Statuary Hall as soon as they open their mouths and begin to sing. Wow! And, and becomes a church. Uh, and 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 we'll pray. We'll pray throughout the evening. We we will. There are significant times where we lead from worship into an exhortation. Uh, Ronnie Floyd um, of uh, of course will will speak. Um, but uh, a guy by the name of Sammy Rodriguez. Um, uh, he will also speak. But these are very short, sort of exhortations that that uh, help us lay the groundwork for uh, for a congregational prayer where we break people up. And so, if someone's watching at home, for example, um, we'll we'll have uh, the, the congregation uh, miced in, in 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 such a fashion that could they could they feel as if they're a part of a, a group in that congregation in statuary Hall praying along with everyone else and singing along so the words would be on the screen you can sing with us and uh, so from worship to exhortation to united prayer to worship again to exhortation to united prayer there'll be some people praying from the from the uh from the podium uh, of course um, but it will be a prayer meeting it's not it's not some a meeting where we talk about prayer mm-hmm. we, we will pray those two
0: yep. hours and being there in the past, I've learned that this this really is designed to encourage others to join in prayer wherever they are around the nation. This is a national day of prayer and by the way, for those who don't know, it's always the first Thursday in the month of May, so it's May second right. in two thousand nineteen uh, but this is this is meant for participation. This isn't a show to watch, is it
4: right. It's not. It, uh, although, you know, being in the heart of the, of the Capitol, in Statuary Hall, many people have visited Statuary Hall, I'm sure, on yeah.
0: their school yeah. tours. This is the original you know, meeting room or of the House of Representatives when the Capitol was I've built. Been. Yeah,
4: That's right. But um, you, you also see it probably every night on the news where some uh, correspondent is standing in Statuary Hall. uh giving a report on what, what was happening in Congress that day. So it's a recognizable space. But to know that that recognizable space uh, that is overseen by the U.S. Congress is turned into a sanctuary, into a holy place of united prayer that evening, and uh, and really the, the, the house of the people becomes the house of prayer mm. that evening, uh, it's really quite remarkable that
1: mm. way. How can we be praying, I mean, for the details uh, that that are gonna ramp up to that day?
4: Um, well there are, uh, promotion is is a is always a big deal uh, the um, the national day of prayer is is quite well known. It's penetrated into the into many places of the country. Um, but uh, the evening. Uh, broadcast is is still something that that people have to have to learn about, mm-hmm. and so promotion of this because we want as large a body of people to be praying along with us as possible. It's amazing that when we when we pray together, even if the three of us were to to be praying on this uh, podcast together, how. Just our united prayers bring us into a, a sense of unity and bond, and a, a, there's a bonding there that happens, spiritual bonding that happens. And we come to what, um, what Acts chapter 1 describes as homothumadon as in the Greek it's, it's a singleness of mind, a, a one accord, uh, the King James translates it. So even as we're praying together, uh, God brings us into the sense of unity, and, and in that unity, power. So we want the largest block of, of believers uh, united and coming into one mind in an agreement in prayer mm. with regard to the country as we possibly can. So promotion's a big deal. Yeah. Well, um,
0: Bob, why don't we pray yeah. right now as as we wrap up? Let, let's ask you to lead us in prayer. Uh, you can, we can pray anytime. We don't have to wait for the National Day of Prayer, right? So sure. let's pray for our nation right now and— uh, and and do that before the Lord, Mike.
1: And and, yeah. and let's yeah, and let's entrust that time in May, on on May second. Yes, right.
4: Lord, in, in just a few days, uh, all across our country, uh, tens of thousands of prayer meetings will happen. Uh, I believe there were fifty thousand events um, in two thousand and eighteen, and we pray for more. Mm-hmm. We pray for more, not simply because we want the National Day of Prayer uh, to be bigger. Uh, as an event, we pray for more because uh, our country is desperately in need of more grace, and the body of Christ is desperately in need of unity in light of the great, you know, the great issues that face us this, in this day. Uh, the church is in trouble. Um, even this past, even in past days, we've heard of division within denominations and trouble and. And, um, and sin within those denominations. So there's, there's things that we need to repent of too, Lord. Our churches are, are in desperate need of revival and spiritual awakening. But the country de- uh, also needs to love each other, even as we have been loved of heaven through, through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So, Lord, we pray that on Thursday night, on May 2nd, you will make the, the people's house a house of prayer a house of prayer that will be raised up for the blessing not only of a nation, but the nations of the earth. For there is no greater contribution that we could make to the blessing of the earth and the revival of America and the awakening of the lost within America to the great purposes of heaven accorded us. So, Lord, we ask for a spirit of prayer to be poured out upon the people. In Zechariah, you promised that in the last days you would pour out a, a spirit of prayer and supplication, and we, we ask, O oh God, that you would do that on May 2nd. May we, may we take this seriously. This is not uh, something that is, a, is an aside. This was at the heart of Jesus' ministry. It was how the, the church was ber- uh, born. Every great move of God has been preceded by it, and we need a great move of the Holy Spirit today. So hear us, O God, and stir up your people to cry out to you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
2: Come, worship the Lord. For we are his people. The flock that he shepherds. The great king or all the gods. He holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the highest mountains as well. And he made the sea, it belongs to him. The dry land too was formed by his hands. the Lord, and shout with joy to the Rock who saves us. For we are His people, we are the flock that He shepherds. people the flock that he shepherds hallelujah
0: the lord this is our hope as we look forward to praying together on the upcoming national day of prayer we're excited that our website has been fully updated so it's very easy to find out more about this program and michael's ministry visit us online at michaelcard.com and get the details about this podcast check out michael's concert and conference dates and access his weekly blog posts there's also links for subscribing to the podcast in itunes or google play Well, next week, join us as we open the archives and present a classic edition of the broadcast recorded at the Mole End Studio. Now for all of us on the team, Ron Davis, Lauren Kosky, Ashley Smith, Lance Mansfield, Jeff Jones, and our producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepard. Thanks for listening to In the Studio with Michael Carr.